I couldn't come up with a catchy title. I really couldn't. Uh, if you try to encapsulate all that a mother is into one or two words for a title, well, you're you're better with words than me. I'm just I'm not that good with words. If if we go to the thesaurus, we'd really be in trouble because uh, there'd probably be a lot of words I'd spell wrong and can't pronounce. So we, we left the thesaurus out of this too. It's the only dinosaur I didn't like. That one fell flat. No dad jokes on mom's day, right? All right. Uh, because my kids are always on me, I got to put pictures up. Uh, the star of all these pictures is, is my favorite mom. The, the mother of my kids. I, I love my mama to death, but uh, I can't get through a day of life without the mother of my children. And um, she, <clears throat> parts of, of her character that are not specifically listed in scripture, she's like a ringmaster at a circus. Uh, she keeps all these rings going at the same time. Uh, if our children were cattle, she's one of the best cattle drivers out there. That lower picture of them coming out of Walmart. Um, yeah, just amazing actually that's atwoods yeah that's atwoods not out of walmart she's not smiling nearly as much but the 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 atwoods picture you know it was a quick trip in and out and the bathrooms are usually easy to maintain and they're clean so uh anyways we'll, we'll move on i i put the pictures in there just to get my kids hooked up for just a minute but I began to look at Scripture this week and, and looking at multiple moms from the Bible pulling out traits of, of what I think make a godly mom. And, and some of these are going to be hard because uh, I'll just be real. Moms, being a mom has to be hard. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski, I'll steal from a better basketball coach than me he gave a speech to his players about being tough like their mom and and you'll never find tougher people in our world than mothers because if everybody in the house is sick and mom's sick guess who's still taking care of everybody mom uh, it's time to get packed and ready for vacation who's packing for everybody mom who can make a meal out of nothing, like Dale was mentioning, for a whole crowd of people? You know, we. <clears throat> I wonder if Jesus learned that from Mary when he fed the five thousand. You know, I, I really wish that was a side note that he had mom show up and he blessed the food and mom made. But that that's not the story. So don't take that as gospel. Uh, but traits of a mom, and we're going to look at some characters in the Bible that you may not be familiar with. And I'm not going to read every bit of scripture I put in, so hopefully you're taking notes. Uh, if, if you're not taking notes, you, you really didn't pay attention to your mom. Uh, if your mom's not a note taker, it's because you've been a slacker and didn't buy her a Bible or a journal. Okay, last chance, Mother's Day gifts, there they are. All right, <clears throat> Genesis chapter 27. And this is, you can go back and read it. This is the story of Rebecca and her son Jacob. I like this story. I like this story a lot. Uh, but Jacob has a twin brother, Esau. 
and Esau is set up to receive the blessing of his father. And the blessing of the father was not only a, a spoken blessing over his life, but it was a huge part of the inheritance. And, and Jacob, who was kind of mom's favorite, if my siblings see this sermon, this is where they're going to shut it off. But uh, mom wanted Jacob to receive the blessing. And, and I want you to understand that the, this was part of Jacob's namesake was he was the trickster. But Jacob didn't do all of this by himself. His mom took him step by step through how to receive the blessing, which was how to take the blessing his brother had willingly given up. A lot, a lot of people like to rake Jacob over the coals because he stole the blessing. He did not steal the blessing. His brother, in a moment of stupidity, and we'll call stupid is as stupid does, gave up his blessing for a bowl of soup or a bowl of beans, if you want to go that route. He said, you know, I'm starving. I'm, I'm about to die. And Jacob said, well, here, I'll give you a bowl of soup, but you got to give me your birthright. And he says, I'm hungry enough. I don't care. Give it to me. Okay. Jacob didn't steal anything. Esau gave it away. But none of that was arranged in front of their dad. Okay, you ever made an agreement in the family that wasn't really put in front of dad? This is one of the beautiful things about mom is dad's the head of the family, but mom is the neck that will turn that head the direction it needs to go. So we get to see that in scripture because Jacob's mom is a mom that we should model ourselves after moms who leads their children to blessings. Okay, the first thing she did was she led him to the blessing of his father. The, the thing after that that we need to understand is that that blessing was connected to a divine inheritance. And, and moms sometimes, you know, have to bear the whole burden of leading their children into a knowledge of who the Lord is and leading them into that divine inheritance because dads today have kind of forgotten their role in the family. And, and this isn't meant to slap dad around. This isn't meant to elevate mom to a higher position than she's biblically called. This is just calling a spade a spade. And the reality is, if you look at the statistics in our world today, that over 50% of moms, current time, are single mothers. If there's no dad in the picture, who is going to lead them to a knowledge of Jesus, which is their divine inheritance? This is why moms are called to help do this. Moms, if you have dad in the home, that's dad's role is to lead his children into a knowledge of who Jesus Christ is, but I'm telling you, it goes better when mom helps. And they're called to lead their children to blessings and show them the way to divine inheritance. You can go read that entire account. It's kind of interesting because uh, mom knows how to cook dad's favorite foods. It's listed in there. <clears throat> okay. Exodus chapter 2. Moms understand the gift of release and return. This is this one of the moms of the Bible. We don't even get her name until later in Scripture in a genealogy. Her name is Jochebed. 
which in Hebrew is Yachabed, which what a great name. Wouldn't you love to, you know, sing a love song about Yachabed? You know, anyways, <clears throat> this is Moses' mom. And, and in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, we, we get to find out that the, the characteristic of a mom, a godly mom, is that they have the faith to release their children into the destiny God has called them to. Not, not just a release them from the home, because I, I don't think we were ever really called to just push our kids out of the nest. That, that's not a popular theory amongst people because everyone's like, I can't wait to get these kids out of my house and be an empty nester. Uh, you're going to have exactly what you want. Your nest will be empty. We're, we're not called to be a springboard to launch our children out into the world. We're called to be a front, a forward operating base that they can come back and feel safe and feel that they are still on mission with your family. And that's a whole nother series. Maybe we'll unpack it sometime soon. Maybe we won't. But you're called to release them and have faith that God will provide the return. You think about what Jacobed did. She took her baby, she put it in a basket that she made sure was waterproof and would float, and she pushed it out into the river. The same river that had claimed the lives of hundreds of thousands of babies because Pharaoh ordered them murdered by throw them in the river to the crocodiles. And she's pushing her baby out into a world full of crocodiles, believing that God was who He said He was. Mothers understand the blessings of release and return. 1 Samuel chapter 1. Moms are women of faith and prayer. This is one of the... This one's hard for me. Uh, this is the, the woman named Hannah. Hannah wasn't supposed to have kids. The, the Bible tells it like it is. She was barren. And, and her husband had another wife who kept having kids. And this woman tormented the, the woman who could have no children. Because in that day, to, to be a good wife, to be a good woman, was to bear sons for your husband. And... And year after year, they would go up to the temple and, and it would be a time of feasting and sacrifice. And, and her husband always took care of her because he loved her dearly. And every time she went, she got to see these children being dedicated to the Lord. And she got to see her tormentor and her children receiving blessing. And, and in... 1 Samuel chapter 1, it talks about her going into the temple and, and weeping bitterly and praying. And it got to the point where she was, she was praying so hard that she didn't have words coming out of her mouth. And, and the, the priest came over to her and, and accused her of being drunk. And, and she said to him, you know, I, that, that's not it at all. I'm... 
I'm praying that God would give me a son. And I prayed to God if He would give me a son, I would give Him back. And He would serve the Lord all the days of His life. And, and the priest, through the, the divine power of God, spoke to her and said, it will be just as you have said. And, and she comes back several years later and she presents Samuel to the priest. Samuel, one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament. And, and this is the testimony of Hannah. And, and this is, you know, <clears throat> the reality of it is, is in the King James Version, in verse 27, it says, For this child I prayed. But if you want to take it a little bit deeper, in the midst of my anxiety and vexation, for this child I prayed. If, if there's ever been a clearer picture of a mom, there it is. Because your children will drive you to anxiety. They will drive you to, and the King James word is vexation, but the, the frustration of your children will push you over the edge and in the middle of that, what did she do? Before the child was ever born, she had that anxiety and that vexation. And what did she do? She prayed for her child. The, the thing about moms is they are women of faith. Hannah believed God could give her a son. And Hannah believed in the middle of all of the anxiety and the frustration and the doubt and the worry that she could pray for her child. I mean, we could have just left it at Hannah today and gone on. But that, that one's tough for me because that, there's a woman in that pew there that science said was barren. And that little fellow in the glasses that we adopted for that child, we prayed. And for those other four crumb snatchers over there, we prayed for them too. And for the two babies we lost in miscarriage, we prayed for them. In the midst of anxiety and vexation, for this child I prayed. Second Samuel, and there's two verses here, or two accounts here for you to go get who this character is. This is a character that most of you have probably never heard of. And until I started studying this week, I didn't know her either. Her name is Rizpah. And, and she first appears in 2 Samuel chapter 3, verse 7. And she's just listed out as a concubine of Saul's that Abner was accused of sleeping with. And, and that's the first time we see her mentioned in Scripture. In chapter 21, verses 8 through 13, we get the account of to appease some of his enemies, David handed over some of the former children of Saul so that these, these enemies of Israel that would agree to peace if they could kill some of Saul's children as retribution for crimes he had committed against them. And David hands over these, these children of Saul. And, and two of these kids belong to Rizpah, his concubine. And... And I want you to understand that no one grieves or cares like a mom does. And we'll, we'll look at just a little bit of this because they, the tradition of that day was that 
You would kill these enemies and you would put them on public display. You would hang them out for everyone to see. Your enemies would see that you had conquered these people. Your own people would see them as a trophy. And, and Rizpah, when her sons are killed, she holds this vigil because she, she didn't argue with the king. She didn't argue with David that what he had done was wrong, but she was also not going to let their bodies be desecrated. And... I gotta get to the right chapter. I got bookmarks in here. <laughs> and in, in 21 verse 8, it says, it, it talks about he gave them Saul's two sons, Armoni and Mephibosheth, there's a fun name, whose mother was Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah. He also gave them the five sons of Saul's daughter, Merib, and the. <clears throat> the wife of Adriel, son of Barazai from Minoah. Okay, that's not what we're looking for, but the, the men of Gibeon executed, on the, executed them on the mountain before the Lord. So all seven of them died together before the beginning of barley harvest. They marked this date specifically for a reason. Then Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah, the mother of the two men, spread burlap on a rock and stayed there the entire harvest season. Okay, she stayed there with her dead sons the entire harvest season and she prevented scavenger birds from tearing at their bodies during the day and stopped wild animals from eating them at night. She held a vigil that she was going to care for her sons even in death. You, you want to talk about the depths of dedication of a mother, there it is. She cared, she was grieving, and yet she cared for them enough that she was going to be there until finally in verse 11, when David learned that Rizpah, Saul's concubine, had done, he went to the people of Jabesh Gilead and retrieved the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan. And when the Philistines had killed Saul and Jonathan on Mount Gilboa, the people of Jabesh Gilead stole their bodies from the public square of Bethshan where the Philistines had hugged them. So David obtained the bones of Saul and Jonathan as well as the bones of the men the Gibeonites had executed. This woman's dedication and care for her sons inspired the king to do the right thing. And that was retrieve and bury the bones of the former king. To not let them be, be without a place of rest and a, a place of honor. And a lot of times David gets some things wrong, but David got this right because he observed the love of a mom. No one grieves and cares like mom. Moms that have lost children, no one grieves at the level a mother does. Just like no one grieves at the level a child does when they lose their mother. Daniel chapter 5 verses 10 through 12. And, and I'll let you read the account on your own. This is a, a heathen king, uh, Belshazzar. Belshazzar's mom makes our list today because uh, of one very simple thing. She does not get caught up in the sinful acts of their children. And she serves as a spokesperson for God speaking out against the sin of her child. 
Now, there, there's this idea that if you speak to someone's sin that you don't love them. And, and I, I think that's the dumbest thing ever. If I saw somebody driving towards a cliff, I would tell them and warn them, there's a cliff there, don't go off it. So why would we allow someone to continue sinning knowing the eternal punishment of sin is an eternity in hell? Why would we let them continue on that path? And moms especially will not let their children, a godly mom will confront their child with their sin. And this account, she comes in right after a hand shows up and starts marking on the wall, writing out the sins of, of her son Belshazzar and a and telling, foretelling his doom. And mom comes in, and it's not, I'm coming here to comfort my baby. She comes in and pretty much lets him have it about the, the reason that God's bringing judgment upon you is because you have abandoned what you know to be right in the eyes of God. You want to talk about mom letting somebody have it. Anybody in here ever have your mom let you have it? If you haven't, you're, you're, you're just being nice because it's Mother's Day. I'm the only one putting a hand up. Come on, man. Uh, yeah, there. I finally got him to smile. He knows. He knows. He's, Mom's sitting there thinking, yep. <laughs> he ain't going to put that hand up. <clears throat> the, the next one is, is one of the more comfortable, fun ones. And it's Timothy's mom. If you, if you read in Timothy and you've read about the life of Timothy who Paul revered as a son, uh, in, in Timothy 1.5, the letter from Paul to Timothy, he talks about how Timothy was exhibiting the genuine faith that his mother and his grandmother exhibited. You know, what, what a powerful testimony because moms help impart genuine faith to their children. And, and now for the Paul Harvey, the rest of the story on, on this lady, her name's Eunice. Uh, not the, the prettiest lady's name out there, but I have a dear friend named Eunice. If she sees this, she'll give me a hard time for saying that. But Eunice, uh, <clears throat> the rest of the story with Eunice is she was married to a devout Greek. And that does not mean he was devout to the Christian faith. He was devout in the Greek philosophy and the religions of the Greeks. So Eunice is a Christian. Her husband is not. This is a house divided. And how does Timothy turn out? Timothy turns out to have the genuine faith of his mother. And, and that may be encouragement to a mom watching today that that you know dad doesn't always believe like we do you're the mom you can still impart faith to your children and you can still speak words of faith to your husband you'd be amazed what god can do matthew 15 verse 8 moms are persistent determined and full of faith This is the account of a Canaanite woman that, to, to put it nicely, was bugging Jesus as he was on his way somewhere else. And, and in a lot of 
Bibles, they, they've translated Canaanite to Gentile woman, which is a fitting term. Canaanites were the original inhabitants of Canaan, and they were not Hebrew, therefore they are Gentile. So not really mad at Scripture for that. Uh, but when Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon, a Gentile woman, a Canaanite woman, who was there, came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon and it torments her severely. And Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. And then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She is bothering us with all her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I, sent, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. And she came and she worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. And Jesus responded, It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. And she replied, That's true, Lord. But even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Verse 28, Dear woman, Jesus said to her, Your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Moms are persistent. And, and the harder you make a mom try and quit doing what's best for her babies, the more determined she will get. And if you combine those two things with the, the powerful element of a Christian godly mom being full of faith, the results are unstoppable. This woman would not be detoured by insult. She would not be detoured by rebuke. She was going to keep coming to Jesus because he was the only one she believed could free her daughter from that demon. Never, ever, ever stop taking your children before Jesus. That's for moms and dads. And the last one, and, and this one kind of blew my mind when the Lord led me to, to this person because I've been very judgmental of this person in reading Scripture. Anybody else do that? You sit on the high seat of judgment reading Scripture? Uh, if not... I'll just tell you, you're, you're deceiving yourself because how many of you call him Doubting Thomas? That's a judgmental statement. It's not anywhere in Scripture. He was never labeled the doubter according to the Word of God. That's something we put on because we like to sit in this high seat of we have the fullness of the gospel. We can judge other people. Well, you want to know who I, I tended to judge and having to pay for it a little bit today because she's actually a very, very wonderful example of motherhood. Bathsheba. Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Most of us know her as Bathsheba, the one who took a bath up on the roof and David committed adultery with her. Well, Here's the rest of the story. That act of adultery led to the birth of a child. And because of David's sin in the eyes of God, that child was taken from them with illness. Now, that's not where the story ends because 
David repented. And Bathsheba repented. And God restored them with another son. And that son is Solomon, who would become heir to the kingdom. But more so than that, Bathsheba, through Solomon and David, is listed in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Moms understand what it is to have loss. Sometimes that's the, the loss of a child. Sometimes that's the, the loss of a dream for a child. Moms understand what restoration looks like. Because that, that child that rebels and, and, and leaves the home on less than good terms often comes back. Maturity is a powerful thing. It's a, a great wake-up to us sometimes of maturity where, where people did things in their past that we might have judged them for. Maturity allows us to see that through the gospel any heart or life can be changed. And the last thing that moms really, really get on a deep level, and, and dads are catching up to this, but moms understand legacy. I don't think for a moment when, when Bathsheba was, was holding Solomon in her arms, did, I don't think for a moment she understood she was going to nurture and raise the wisest man who ever lived. And I don't think because we're, as humans, we're narrow perspective as far as time goes. I don't think she could have seen far enough into the future to know that Messiah would come through her genealogy. So moms, today, if, if you're maybe struggling a little bit with, with loss, you're at a loss with your kids. I get it. I was one of those kids that put my mom at a loss plenty of times. I was also one of those kids that my mom got to watch God restore me and bring me back to what she had taught me because she was very, very rooted in Proverbs where you train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. Okay, I just want you to understand that between raising up a child and when he's old, there's a lot of room for stupid. Okay, moms understand that their children have a high capacity for stupid. And, and stupid is a kind word for rebellion. Moms get their heart broken by their children far more than, than any of us could begin to understand. But moms, because of that, have a deeper level of joy when they see the restoration of their children. It may not be till their children have children and they come back realizing, you know, what I put my poor mom through. Anybody ever have those moments where, yeah, man, I put mom through it. But it's then when they start to feel that connection to the legacy of who their mom was, and who their grandma was, and who their great-grandma was. Because... Moms never quit being moms. 
Uh, one of my favorite little glimpses of a memory I still have is, is my great-grandmother gently scolding and running my grandma out of the kitchen because <clears throat> granny knew how to bake a pie. She didn't need grandma's help. Watching my grandma run my mom out of the kitchen because grandma knew how to make a pie. She didn't need my mom's help. Watching my mom run my sister out of the kitchen <laughs> because I know how to make that. I don't need your help. Go do something else. Go, go do something else. And now my sister has gotten the chance to run her daughter out of the kitchen because get out of here because I know how to do that. There, there's a legacy and not just running people out of the kitchen because you know how to make a pie, but a legacy of I love the Lord with all my heart, my mind, and my soul. And I do my best to show hospitality and to love my neighbor as myself. Oftentimes that for moms looks like my neighbor's kids. Okay, my poor mom. I mean, we just bring packs of kids in from the neighborhood and we only had three of us. Look out, babe. You know, five kids can bring a lot of kids in a hurry. But the legacy of, of mothers. What's your legacy today, moms? That, that's the, the challenging question in the, the day of celebration, celebrating who you are. Have, have you put a stamp of legacy in the lives of your children? I could easily jump back to Proverbs 31 and talk about the, the virtuous woman, but to be honest, the majority of that is more about finally finding a godly wife than it is about her being a mom. There's only two little blips about her being a mom. I want you to understand, we went through all these different women talking about different aspects of motherhood to bring us to this point of as a mom, you are called by God to instill a legacy of being a godly woman in your family. So this morning, we're going to close it a little different than we normally do. If, if your mom is here, I want you to go pray for your mom. Now, for some people, that may take a few extra minutes because the mom of your mom is here, kids, your grandma. Mom gets to pray for grandma. You get to pray for your mom. If none of your children are here, dads, and your wife is a mom, pray for your mom. Okay? And that's how we're going to wrap this thing up this morning. Instead of me praying and closing us out, we're going to close it out praying blessing over your mom. And if you don't know what that looks like, it, it's very simple that you would just ask God to do the very best for your mom. That's all a blessing is, is asking God to be who he is, the God who can give exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think. You're just asking him, God, give her your very best. And he's already done that in Jesus Christ. But there, there's parts of a mom's heart that God can touch that we never can. 
So pray that for your mom this morning. God, just give her your very best today. I love you. Pray for your moms and let's get out of here. Got to take her out somewhere to eat, right?